Coming up on Studios America, Glenn Beck joins me to discuss what else? The end of the world. Andrew Cuomo emerges from his comfy hiding spot in Fantasyland, which is next to Liesville and across from BS Town. Get yourself a fancy Blaze TV subscription right now. BlazeTV.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks. And it's a brand new day and a brand new Joe Biden in America following that State of the Union. <laughs> right? Everyone saw that, right? Uh, no, it's actually the same old crap. So let's do the Biden double down. Stu does America. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's a sad, sad day. I come to you with the worst wardrobe malfunction since the 2004 Super Bowl. That's right. Here it is. Yesterday, two days ago, actually, I had two fancy tie clips. All of a sudden, then one was lost. And then today, the last one broke. So I have no tie clip for like the first time doing the show, at least in the studio since the beginning. No fancy tie clip. And for those of you listening on audio, I think you'll notice the difference. So I'll try to get through the show today. I don't know how I'm going to do it, though. I'm totally, totally distracted. Just like Joe Biden was last night. I don't know if he was trying to do a good job. I think he was. He stayed awake the entire time. There were some good things. He gave us some real knowledge. I thought he dropped some knowledge bombs on us a couple times. Like, for example, this one. There are more corporations in incorporated America than every other state in America combined. This legitimately the one time he went off script all last night. There are more corporations in incorporated America than every other state in America combined. Good job, Joe. It's going well. It's going well. Uh, largely what we saw last night was a double down. These are the same things we've seen over and over and over and over and over and over again from the left. Uh, you know, there's a couple exceptions. We'll get into those. But it really uh, did not go all that well. Joe Biden's not good at this. I hate to tell you, your president is not good at speaking. It's like a big part of the job. Now, this might be an opportunity to go back to the way we used to do it. You write a letter every once in a while that says, hey, here's how the country's going right now, and then you submit it, and then we're done. That's how it should be done. Make the State of the Union a letter again. That's my policy, but no one seems to listen to me. Uh, they may do this, though, by the end, because they see how poorly Joe Biden is doing at this. CNN's uh, own heavily Democratic poll gave Biden's lowest, very positive State of the Union response in 15 years. 15 years. It's according to uh, TheBlaze.com and their coverage of CNN. So this did not go well. But let me give you some of the highlights so you can know how poor it went. Um, we have uh, Joe Biden talking about jobs. This is one of the most disingenuous things possible. I complained about this in advance yesterday before our live YouTube coverage because you knew he was going to do this. You knew he was going to try to take credit for the economy. And of course, he did. We created jobs, lots of jobs. In fact, our economy created over six 0.5 million new jobs just last year. Oh, great. Wow. More jobs in one year than ever before in the history of the United States of America. All right, you get the point. That, there it is. More jobs in one year than ever before in the history of America. 6.5 million new jobs. Now, of course, they went and fact-checked this, and it's not even true. I mean, would it be impressive if it was, though? Because I don't think that is true. I don't think it's true that it would be impressive even if it was accurate. 
Yes, the unemployment rate has come down quite a bit. Why? Well, I don't know. The government basically told everyone they weren't allowed to go to work anymore recently. Does anyone remember this history? Is it a shocking development that we've added jobs since we allowed people to go outside again? Seriously, look at this. This is the unemployment rate. Let me give you this. This is the unemployment rate from the beginning of the pandemic till today. And as you see, admittedly, there is a large drop in that unemployment rate. However, as you might remember, Donald Trump was actually president when the pandemic started. So let me show you where Joe Biden becomes president right there. The red line. Now, if you uh, for your podcast listeners, what you're going to see here is a nice, big, very steep decline for about half of the chart and then a much more moderate decline after Joe Biden takes office. In other words, we gain jobs much more quickly when Donald Trump was president than when Joe Biden was president. In fact, let me give it to you side by side or at least back to back. This is what Trump's approval rating uh, looked like. There it is. And now let me give you Biden's. And as you see, it's a much more tame decline. Is this some sort of thing you take uh, credit for that you slowed down the rate of decline in the unemployment rate? Not to mention they spent trillions and trillions of dollars to do these things. And at the end of the day, we're all now paying back that trillions and trillions of dollars, not just in taxes, not just in interest rate uh, out to the global financial community, but then also in inflation. So is this a good thing? You're bragging about this. Is there a soul on the planet that looks at the situation we're in right now and says, wow, you know what we should be doing? Giving Joe Biden credit. I do wonder if anyone in the White House even believes this. The one person who might believe it, one, is Joe Biden. It's possible all of the people around him are doing the typical thing where Democrats just spin and lie about such things and are telling it to Joe Biden. And maybe Joe Biden is so disconnected mentally that he actually believes it's true. But it is not something to brag about. Anybody, literally, if we put in Uh, The dumbest person you've ever met in your entire life. If we put Jeffy as president, Jeffy would be able to lower the unemployment rate after a freaking pandemic. Don't we all know that? And they sit here and act as if at no point do they say, well, obviously, the large decrease in the unemployment rate was a lot to do with us opening up after the pandemic. But we tried to help, too. No, no, no. They just took credit for it and didn't even mention the pandemic. It's the first time he's spoken in two years without mentioning the pan- pandemic. And that was the whole speech. Nobody was wearing masks. It's like as if they forgot it. Joe Biden was up there on stage. He's in the middle of his speech. He's in a room that is more vulnerable than any nursing home in America. They're all 165 years old. They all look like they're in mid-death as they're clapping during the speech. And what does Biden do? (laughs) Coughs into his hands 60 times and then goes and, and puts their hands all over the people. He's shaking hands. He's standing six inches away from everybody talking into their faces. He's taking their pens. He's the same hand he's coughing into. He's writing. He's signing pieces of paper and giving the pen back. I mean, if you're a germaphobe, it had to drive you absolutely insane. But that's a totally different story. The lying is the main story here. Let's also talk about what he said about the American Rescue Plan. Now, this is this is Joe. He this is what he's done. You know, the the infrastructure plan. First of all, they haven't really We have no real results out of that already. And that was a bipartisan thing. What can he actually take credit for? It's the American Rescue Plan. And here's how he talked about it. We needed to act and we did. 
Few pieces of legislation have done more at a critical moment in our history to lift us out of a crisis. It fueled our efforts to vaccinate the nation and combat COVID-19. Did it. Delivered immediate economic relief to tens of millions of Americans. Mm, really? It helped put food on the table. Mm. Remember those long lines of cars waiting for hours just to get a box of food put in their trunk? Mm. It cut the cost of health care insurance. And as my dad used to say, it gave the people just a little bit of breathing room. Unlike the $2 trillion tax cut passed in the previous administration that benefited the top 1% of Americans, the American Rescue Plan... Yeah, boo. The American Rescue Plan helped working people and left no one behind. Oh, that's enough. Now, if you recall... The American Rescue Plan was passed when he was in office after almost all the red states had already opened up. And we were in we were living basically a normal life at the at the point where he actually passed this thing. This is not May. This is not April 2020. This is 2021. This is after, you know, sporting events are happening with audiences. Right. Like this is long after people have started to open up. Things were already long on this road and he still wanted to pass trillions of dollars. It's the thing that Larry Summers the Obama uh, Treasury Secretary, uh, Jason Furman, another big economist that worked in the Obama administration, when that, they were trying to pass that, they said, you're going too big here. You're going to cause inflation. This is a real problem. These aren't Republicans saying this. These are their own advisors. And they still did it anyway. And we got the inflation. And then they denied it was real for months and months and months and months. And here we are. But it's also completely ridiculous and an absolute and total lie that the Trump administration tax cuts only benefited the top 1%. It's just not true. Let me give you the facts. The Tax Policy Center estimated that 82% of middle-income Americans would receive a tax cut for an average reduction of $1,260 on individual income taxes in 2018, increasing after-tax incomes by 1.7%. According to the Treasury Department, 90% of Americans saw an increase in their take-home pay in 2018. How can you come out and say this? You know it's not true. And there's no caring about that whatsoever. It's mind-boggling that he could do this. And he's made this claim a hundred different times. He knows he's lying, and he just continues to say it. And he said it left no, his last plan left no one, uh, no one behind. Well, that's not true. There's tons of people who got no benefits out of that plan. So don't just stop lying. All you have to do is stop lying. You don't have to start telling the truth. I don't expect that. But just stop your constant lying. He continues to do this, though. He also uh, talked about corporations and having evil rich people pay their fair share of taxes. I may be wrong, but my guess is if we took a secret ballot in this floor, that we'd all agree that the present tax system ain't fair. Oh, I'd agree with that, yeah. We have to fix it. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking to punish anybody. Yes, you are. But let's make corporations and wealthy Americans start paying their fair share. Good God, they're still Look, with, this, with this nonsense. How many Last times? year, last year, and like Chris Coons and Tom Carper and my distinguished congresswoman, we come from the land of corporate America. There are more corporations incorporated in America than every other state in America combined. See, I told you he said it. 
and I still won 36 years in a row. The point is, <laughs> no, even they understand you should pay just a fair share. Last year, 55 of the Fortune 500 companies earned $40 billion in profit and paid zero in federal taxes. Mm. Now look, it's not fair. That's why I proposed the 15% minimum tax rate for corporations. All right, that's enough. I can't, I can't take any more. Uh, first of all, he's, he's right. People, when they're incorporating their large companies, large and small, they go to Delaware often. Why do they go to Delaware? Why do people make decisions to go to this tiny little state to incorporate their businesses? Let me give you a couple. This is from uh, our friends over at LegalZoom. What are the advantages of incorporating in Delaware? The state offers tax benefits. Delaware doesn't impose income tax on corporations registered in the state which don't do business in the state. Huh. It seems like when you cut taxes, you're increasing your ability to do business. You're going to get a lot more customers when it comes to business creation. Uh, you know, that's the opposite of the policy that you've been uh, advocating for all of this time. It's interesting why they all go to Delaware, which, by the way, is your state. And as you pointed out, you were a senator there for 36 years. So maybe at some point you could have used a little of that influence to change these laws if you thought it was important. However, you didn't. Another thing that people go to Delaware for to incorporate is because your privacy is protected. The exact opposite of the things that Joe Biden is constantly pushing on us. But I want to get to his complete and total BS lie about how corporations don't pay income taxes. Why don't they pay income taxes? Well, it's interesting because, of course, some corporations lose money. Right. If you have $100,000 coming in and you, you have to pay $200,000 in, uh, in expenses, you've lost $100,000. So, no, in those cases, you don't pay taxes. But there are a lot of things in the rules which the left constantly and Joe Biden constantly calls loopholes to get you out of taxes. Well, what are those loopholes? Let's ask PolitiFact who fact-checked this particular claim a while ago. The study that he, Joe Biden is referring to here cited several tax laws that help protect these companies' income from taxation, including those governing the tax treatment of executive stock options, research and experimentation, renewable energy deductions for capital expenses, and the reallocation of losses to different tax years. Um, some observers told PolitiFact that they took issue with Biden's characterization of such laws as loopholes. So give me some, just to go over these again, I mean, renewable energy, this was literally in his speech last night. He wanted to do more of that, more credits for renewable energy. He wanted to do more of that. How about deductions for capital expenses? Same thing. Reallocation of losses to different years. If you lose a billion dollars last year and this year you make a hundred million dollars, should you be taxed on the full hundred million dollars? You just lost a billion dollars. These are normal laws, and they are not loopholes. They are laws passed by the same Senate that this guy worked in for, as he pointed out, close to a half century. Also, by the way, we have no idea if any of these corporations actually didn't pay taxes. Also from PolitiFact, while this data comes from federally required disclosures, critics say that what is disclosed on these forms is calculated differently from these companies' actual tax filings, which are private. In other words, the critics say, which is true, we don't really know whether these companies paid zero in taxes or not. So he doesn't know if they paid taxes or not. And if they didn't, they're basically going on laws that this guy probably voted for.
Yet he's on stage for the thousandth time making this BS claim. He also tried to flip around the whole defund the police thing, which was incredible to watch. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Oh, fund the fund Oh, them. Nancy's standing up. Any, fund them. Are Democrats standing up here? I see a bunch of Republicans standing up. Look, they know that's enough. They know this is a liability for them. They're trying to flip it around. They're trying to flip the script. They're trying to make you remember the opposite of what actually occurred. We all know who wanted to defund the police. It was not the Republicans. It was never the Republicans who wanted the police to go away. That was you. That was you arguing that the police should walk away and drive in the other direction and seed their own police precincts in Minneapolis so they could burn them to the ground. That was you, not us. Look, we can go over all the lies and all the misinformation and the butchering of the English language. But I expected all of that last night. What really hit me when watching the speech was that it was undeniably boring. I mean, horribly boring. I had a really hard time paying attention to this guy. With the exception of, you know, the Ukraine stuff and a little bit of the COVID nonsense, it was a speech that could have been given in 1988. It's the same nonsensical promises to give everything away for free while not raising taxes unless you make $100 million a year or whatever. It was a typical double down. The same policies over and over again. But Joe Biden can't move the American people because he is truly terrible at this. Look at Zelensky. Is he a hero? I mean, he's certainly acting pretty brave, but what is inspiring his people is not the heroism in the streets with him and a gun. I doubt he's as good as their worst soldier when it comes to actual warfare. He's the Ukrainian version of the great communicator. That's why you're hearing about him. That's why he's inspiring his people. He knows timing. He knows drama. He knows how to inspire the people. Reagan had that background as well. And he moved the country, not just toward conservative principles, but also to take on the Soviet Union. Could Biden do that? Biden can't even say Soviet Union. This is a different era. To be a successful president, someone who can rise above the partisanship and the division in this country, you have to be able to communicate your message. Biden can't even speak, let alone communicate. We're dealing with some of the greatest challenges we've ever faced, and somehow we have to deal with three more years of this guy. At this point, I'm just hoping to get through the next three weeks. But if you lose hope, always remember this. There are more corporations in incorporated America than every other state in America combined. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about GenuCell's new Ultra Retinol Cream. Mm -hmm. Reduce and improve red, inflamed, blotchy skin. While smoothing away forehead wrinkles and laugh lines, you can renew and revitalize your appearance without the harsh effects or irritation of retinol. GenuCell's Ultra Retinol is safe for sensitive skin. It provides effective hydration and skin-renewing benefits for all skin types. It's perfect for both men and women. If you don't see a visibly younger, clearer complexion in the mirror, you get 100% of your money back guaranteed. Don't you wish taxes worked that way? Hey, I paid a bunch of taxes last year, got no benefits. Do I get my money back? 
For a limited time, you can try GenuCell's Ultra Retinol free with GenuCell's most popular package. You can save 60% on GenuCell's top sellers right now and get an extra 10% off when you enter my special code STU at checkout. It's GenuCell.com slash STU, GenuCell.com slash STU. All orders are upgraded to free priority shipping today. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash STU. It's GenuCell.com slash STU. I'm joined once again by Glenn Beck. His new special is coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. It's the actual State of the Union. Wars and rumors of wars. <laughs> I thought that was appropriate. Yes. You know what I mean? It does yeah. seem like that's where we are yeah, these days. it does. It does. Uh, I'll be on the program tonight. Is that the highlight of the show? Like, how would you look at that? The top 20 things that are happening on the show, would I be number one, two? Tulsi Gabbard couldn't do it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we also couldn't get a couple of the congressmen that we wanted. Okay. And um, and then we were like, and then they just filled in with it. I said, just get a warm body. Just a filler, a filler seat? Yeah. A yeah. filler seat. So, so you didn't answer the hmm? one to 20. I anyway. Okay. You know uh, what I'm really impressed <laughs> is that you somehow or another are still using my company's electricity for this show. Yeah. I mean, well, with the oil shortage and the power shortages that we're all going to be, I mean, you're probably taking power from a nursery right now. Have you ever thought of that? I don't mean like a baby nursery. I mean like a, you know, where they grow plants. So plants aren't growing because the show well, is on. That's, that was the way I was going to get through our ESG uh, <laughs> ratings. I have been told that this show does kill the environment. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's possible that's yeah. going on. Yeah. Well. Um, we talked, we're going to talk about the State of the Union uh, on your show tonight, uh, and we just should, talked about it here. Uh, so let's talk about Ukraine and Russia here for a second, because I'm interested in your your view on this. Because I think everybody is hit the same way, which is this feels off. It feels weird. There's something wrong here. Well, you and know, usually I, when I feel that way, you have some explanation. Yeah, uh, so I do. Um, so, and we can go wherever you want to go on this. But let me just start with this. I haven't thought of being vaporized by the Soviet Union Mm, probably since I was 20. Since Rocky IV came out, yeah, really. Okay. That was the end of the right, Cold okay. War. And, Rocky IV. Mm-hmm. I didn't look like this when Rocky IV was <laughs> No, up. you looked like okay. Dolph Lundgren back yeah, in those well, days. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about being vaporized 10 days ago. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we've gone from, he might make a minor incursion. Oh, he looks like he wants to. Hey, we're at uh, DEFCON 2. Uh, the nukes are on standby. Can we slow down just a little? I need a little more time to process this. I mean, is that, is it hyperbolic to be worrying about World War III at this point, or is it a real concern? Uh, If anybody makes a stupid move, I think it's a real concern. I just don't know what he's going to think a stupid move is. Right. Okay? Um, Because something is wrong. And we talked about this on radio, and it's going to be one of those things that I'm going to have to break down several times before people really hear what I'm saying. But there's a different war being fought. It is, um, he is fighting for his country. He's fighting for a nationalist kind of dictatorship. Okay. Mm -hmm. Russia's the best. Russia will restore its former glory. Okay. Notice we're not fighting for that. That's xenophobic, that's jingoistic, that's just Mm -hmm. horrible, make America great again, how dare you, you racist. Right. What are we fighting for? I don't mean the people, I mean the elites. Okay. They're fighting for the Great Reset. 
a global dictatorship, okay? A global system run by the elites, by the heads of several company, uh, countries and companies and the financial system, all the people that are getting rich right now while the regular people are getting poor, okay? They're fighting for a global system. So he thinks that this is decadent, which I do. He thinks it's a monstrosity, which I also do. But he's always thought the West was a monstrosity, Mm -hmm. okay? But he's not fighting um, really for um, anything other than the restoration of his pre-modern era. That's really important to understand. His philosophy really kind of comes from Alexander Dugan, who talks about um, modernity as a bad thing. And you can quickly listen to him and go, yeah, I kind of agree with him. Modernity, he'll describe it as, um, you know, we're losing our traditions. We're, we're all being sucked online and we don't even talk to each other. And you're like, yeah, that's great. Right. Okay. I, you, I, I've said similar things to that right. many times. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the, that's the corn they're putting out to go, go ahead, eat some of that corn Mm -hmm. and come this way. Mm -hmm. Um, what he truly means by modernity is all technology, (laughs) everything pre 1850, probably. Okay. Or post 1850. Mm -hmm. He needs, his goal is to collapse the West and the world into what he says would be Armageddon um, and destroy everything modern so we can get back to the roots and see the stars and hear the voices of our traditions. You, pay, you, know, you don't want to pave paradise to put up a parking lot anymore. Exactly right. Because there's the similarities between those two ideas <laughs> yeah. and those two movements. Yeah. And it is, um, that is, I don't think Putin wants that. But that's what his words, where his words come from, Alexander Dugan. And he's planting this all around the world. And you're hearing it. What's really interesting about him is he is regurgitating what he's hearing all around the world. Brexit is pretty much the same thing that the people in the Netherlands are saying. And some of the people in Germany and some of the people in France and some of the people in Canada and the Tea Party here, all of these voices are saying the same thing. My government doesn't listen to us. My government wants me to be ashamed of my heritage, of my country. Mm-hmm. And by saying that, they call me a racist. I want our traditions, not at the expense of everybody else, but I, 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 I don't want to live in a global community where everything is decided for us and everything is the same. So is it the right way to look at this that there's a kernel of truth in a lot of this, but it's how you use that um, that is the problem. Like how yes. Dugan wants this to be utilized. Correct. And so that's why anybody who is saying, I'm, I'm all for Putin. I think Putin's right. He's got it. Okay. Uh-uh. Right, because we're seeing that we with, are on fringe with fringe elements. We're hearing of what both you're, sides. Really, what you're hearing on Putin is, I mean, at least he's not um, having transsexuals, 
you know, do story time reading for right. my kindergartners, mm-hmm. okay? At least he's not telling me that my country is racist. At least he's not imprisoning me or taking away my bank accounts because I'm protesting, you know? We're looking at him and going, yeah, he's bad, but he's not doing what my country is doing. He's not affecting us the same way. Correct. So let him do what he's doing. He's not as bad as our leadership. On the, on the flip side, you're also hearing now the jingoistic cries of, and this is really hard because there is a lot to admire about the Ukrainians. You know, Stu, sure. we have done more on Ukraine in the last two years, <laughs> strangely. We know it inside and out. Yeah. The government is wildly corrupt, wildly corrupt. Um, uh, uh, the president... I think is a pretty good guy. I think he wants to end the corruption. Um, I think he's a hero. And the people who are standing and fighting are heroes. However, inside the government at the elite level, I don't know if you saw what the uh, minister of parliament of Ukraine said. She was holding a gun. She's talking and she said, I'm here um, because I'm fighting with Ukraine for the new world order. She's part of the World Economic Forum. Okay, so she falls into another category. The problem is you have to know what words mean in this to be able to go, oh, I'm with the Ukrainians, but I'm not with her. Luckily, there happens to be a book that kind of explains the terms and the people that you need to know uh, called The Great Reset, which, by the way, fantastically, is actually in bookstores. We have to talk about that. We keep forgetting to talk about that. That's a big deal. Um, You can't buy a lot of things right now, but at least The Great Reset (laughs) is finally back in stores. Finally. Um, So when you look at all this and you you kind of take the big picture here, because, you know, as a person who is, I'm interested in, individual rights, small government, the Constitution of the United States of America. Do we get a place at this table? I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody's addressing us anymore. No, and that's what's really frightening. You have to remember, um, I mean, remember, I've been studying revolutions since, what, 2006? Mm. And I have been going off of European revolutions. Um, And they never end the way they start. They always end in really horrible things and usually a power authoritarianism. Um, And that's because Europe does not have the the two railroad tracks in Europe. On the right, it's national socialism. On the left, it's international communism. Okay. Those are the two um, rails of the train, and mm-hmm. they all run on that. And hopefully, you know, Europe plays somewhere in between those two and doesn't get to the extremes. When they get to the extremes, that's when there's trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, they're being pushed to the extremes now because of the elites telling them, don't feel this way about your country. Same thing with us. But we're the only ones that have libertarianism on one side and anarchy is also on that side, and total government on the other, where it doesn't matter. You're communist, socialist, nationalist, religious. It doesn't matter. You want total government? You're on that rail. Freedom and anarchy are on this rail. We have that choice. They don't have that. That's not in their psyche. That's what makes America different. And it's why we have to be so careful who we're standing next to. 
because there are these people that will say the same things we feel, but their solution and end product is different. Mm. Um, last one before you go. There is a, um, you, have the, you have the sort of back and forth between the idea of some people saying we need to do a, a no-fly zone, we need to send troops in. I think we're both on the same page. Like, I don't want any part of that. Uh, we all know that the circumstances could change and they may need to be reassessed at some point, but NATO is really that line as far as we know at this, at this point. And I don't even know if that line holds for NATO. I mean, it, you know, honestly, if Vladimir Putin goes into Lithuania, you have the confidence in NATO to actually fight that I actually battle? Do. I don't know. Well, I hope so. I didn't a week ago. Yeah. But there, I do now. It's been, it's been impressive, the, the solidarity, I suppose. But on the other hand, that's, the, that's where I wanted to get to. The solidarity has been impressive. The, the sanctions are real, seem to be... Seeming, seemingly. Seem to be doing can't damage. Really get, can't really get my arms around. It's either very effective or not effective at all. And I don't know which one it is. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll see here. It depends on what you're reading. But like... We wouldn't want to do nothing here. We wouldn't want to just honor Russia as a full-fledged member of the economic community. You could see that you'd want to do something here. But are we going down a road where uh, we are putting on all sorts of restrictions that in this case might be the right thing to do, but opening up that toolbox to the people you talk about in the Great Reset to use for all sorts of different reasons? Yeah, you're watching the Great Reset. You saw it in Canada used as an emergency order, mm. okay? You're seeing the Great Reset now being used um, because of war. These aren't just gover- uh, governments. These no, are these are businesses. Companies. They are they are pressuring other businesses to fall into line. You know, I'm not going to be able to give you insurance if you do this. I'm not going to be able to give you a loan. You know, there, there is real coercion going on. And everybody won't mind it because it means you're standing against Putin, and that's a good thing. But it's like the 15 days to slow the curve. Once you get this going, do they give that power back, or do they look at this and say, see how great this is? I mean, um, Japan, the prime minister of Japan just came out. For all these people who say, that's never going to happen. Capitalism, it's all, why would these business people do Japan just said they're going to be the first to go in on this new capitalism, stakeholder capitalism. Mm. We are going to see it's going to be rolled out first in Japan, and it's coming. They're only doing, they announced that at the Great Reset. I mean, the, uh, the World Economic Forum. Why isn't nobody paying attention to this? Yeah. Well, you can learn all about stakeholder capitalism. So much of this as well in the book, The Great Resets, available in bookstores, as well as, as an audio book, which I'm sure I haven't heard the audio book yet. That's but, really yeah, sure There's you, extra stuff in there. I kind of riffed a couple of times. One more thing. Can I just yeah. say this? Yeah, of course. Um, don't sit around and wait for the government to do something in Ukraine. There are Ukrainian communities in almost every major city and medium-sized city in America. Um, There are groups that are rescuing people and helping people. Mercury One is involved in in helping people that are at the border, making sure that they have food, et cetera, et cetera. There are ways that you can get involved. If you're a soldier and you're like, this is bad, you'll have to check with the law. But I'm pretty sure, uh, because I know um, that the, the Ukrainians are now offering about two grand a day for special forces that 
are American special forces and retired, come over and fight for us two grand a day. Um, if you really believe that and you have a skill, you should do it. Don't, why does the government have to be the one to say, here's what we're doing? If you believe that it's important to stand up and you have a skill that could be applied over there, then stand up over there. And you can certainly help with donations and, and yeah. I mean, I don't whatever, think they pay me two thousand dollars a day to go no. fight. <laughs> no, they <laughs> probably pay me two thousand dollars a day just not to, not don't get on a plane. <laughs> Please do don't. not get on a plane. All right, Glenn has a new special tonight. It's uh, the actual state of our union, wars and rumors of wars. It comes up next at nine p.m. Eastern, including fantastic guests like Stuber here. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Dave what Rubin. an honor, Dave Rubin. Well, yeah, Dave Rubin and, and Pat Gray and yeah. and Steve and, Dace. Uh, is that? Ralph the Mouse, who uh, is not Mickey Mouse, but it's the best we can do. <laughs> wow. We have him on before, Stu. Okay, well, Ralph. I mean, if you, if you watch to the very end, you might see me. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to get your subscription. Promo code is Stu. That's how they know you like this stupid show that doesn't even justify the electricity we've learned today uh, that it takes to run it. Uh, plus, you'll save 10 bucks. Glenn, thanks for coming on Thank the program. You. Welcome to Stu Does America, without a tie clip. It's a, it's a Travis sham mockery, a travesty, a sham, and a mockery all at once. But I'm going to try to get through it here because I want to tell you about Andrew Cuomo. Now, Andrew Cuomo, we told you a little bit about this bizarre ad he's released. Now, he's not running for anything, at least yet. It's just these, like, reputation rehab ads he's running in New York. A very strange, a very strange thing he's doing. Um, Daniel Dale, the uh, reporter who was kind of famous for fact-checking Donald Trump, uh, mainly, uh, I think he works for CNN now, but he um, he <laughs> he caught something in the Cuomo ad, which is absolutely completely Andrew Cuomo and why Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. Here it is. Andrew Cuomo has released an ad trying to rehabilitate his image. One of the quotes is, quote, witness tampering and perjury. And it is attributed to CBS. So did CBS unco- CBS uncover witness tampering and perjury? I think you would have heard about that. No, no. It reported that Cuomo's lawyer alleged witness tampering and perjury. Here's the here's the evidence. He's got the receipts four seconds into the ad. Here's a screen grab. It says dot, 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 witness tampering and perjury, dot, 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 CBS News. And here's the actual article. It says Glavin, which is his attorney, also said that she is considering asking relevant district attorneys to look into allegations she has made of witness tampering and perjury. Think about this. It's actually, he undersold it, I think. She's not even saying there was witness tampering and perjury. She's thinking, of, she's thinking about asking if there was relevant uh, witness tampering and perjury. A comp- I mean, this guy is such a dirtbag. A complete piece. Back in a second. Bitcoin uh, has been in quite a run over the past uh, couple of weeks, especially uh, largely because when there's uncertainty, this is the type of thing where 
you know, these people trying to uh, deal with life in Ukraine, uh, innocent people in Russia, all over the world that are dealing with all the uncertainty in that region, uh, they're getting into Bitcoin. Tika Tawari's been talking about Bitcoin for as long as I can remember. I mean, at least as, as long as 2016. And back then, people kind of called him crazy, but they didn't know that in 2017, there was going to be a huge rise. Then there was a fall. And people went back to Tika and said, ah, you got it wrong. And he said, actually, it's going to go up to, I think, you know, something like 40,000. And guess what? It went even higher than 40,000. We've seen Bitcoin and, and all these altcoins as well touching all-time highs this year. And the crypto market is now nearly a $3 trillion asset class. It's not just going to go away. It's th- we're talking about $3 trillion. Uh, it, you don't need to spend a lot of money to invest in Bitcoin. Uh, sometimes you can you know, win 100 times over uh, to wipe out losses that uh, you know seem completely inconsequential. Um, if you haven't bought Bitcoin, it's not too late. Do your own research. Make sure to check this out and understand what you're get your, getting yourself into. It's 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 volatile. Uh, there's ups and downs with it. But Tika can walk you through all this. Uh, check out uh, Tika's Palm Beach letter net right now at BigTReport.com. It's BigTReport.com for Tika Tawari's Palm Beach letter. BigTReport.com. Well, we did live coverage last night of the State of the Union. It was a lot of fun. If you missed it, you should check it out. It's on the YouTube page right now. We got thousands and thousands of likes and views and comments on it. It was really, really fun. And it was basically, I mean, honestly, I was just yelling at the television screen for most of it. But it was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. We got a lot of uh, interaction with uh, you as well, which I always like to do. Uh, Jasmine writes, uh, sit down, Nancy. I said that a lot of times. Sit down, Nancy. is going to be the most epic line for generations to come. It applies to all. So many Nancys. So little time. It's true. There are eight leprechaun movies, says John. The commentary that earns the five freaking stars. There was someone in the audience dressed as a leprechaun. I stand by it. If you watch it, you will see this person. It's, uh, it was, I don't know, because leprechaun movies, the leprechaun was evil. So I was a little scared, but we got through it. Thank you, Stu, to help us uh, stomach this crap. I wouldn't have watched this person anywhere this long without your help. Uh, yeah, a lot of times we do need help to watch Joe Biden. By the way, yes, I'm pretending that I'm watching this live with you. I love the idea of having your instant feedback. It's the only way I would watch at all. It is satisfying to just be able to just scream. Like, I think if I was at home without the YouTube on and I was screaming at, uh, at the screen, my wife would have thought I was completely insane. Instead, I just said it was work. So it worked out well. Um, I've been waiting for years for a live stream of Stu alone getting hammered in his basement. Oh, well, I didn't get hammered, but it's a good idea. Maybe we should try that out. Eric says, I, it's, this is like watching the State of the Union presented by Mystery Science Theater. That is basically what it was. You can watch it at uh, YouTube.com slash Stu Does America. It's the live coverage. It's worth walking, walking. Maybe we should make a little highlight video or something of it at some point. But it's, it's worth watching because it was... It was the only thing that made Biden's nonsense tolerable. I want to say uh, congratulations to our friend Chad Prather, of course, here from Blaze TV, who uh, for, for a race well fought. I mean, it was a difficult thing to go from a guy who's hosting a show and a comedian to try to run for governor. Didn't win this time, this time. Uh, Greg Abbott was able to uh, win and uh, will run against Beto O'Rourke here in the future. I mean, it was a it was a race with uh, a primary with, you know, four pretty good candidates. And uh, it was it was uh, unfortunate uh, that uh, Chad wasn't able to pull this one off. But tens of thousands of people voted for our own Chad Prather, which is pretty freaking cool. And now 
we get to see, hopefully, Abbott beat up on Beto. I mean, I don't want him to come for my AR-15, which, by the way, I lost in a fishing uh, accident recently.